Hey everybody! It's episode 126 of what is now the Shrewd Dudes Podcast. So it's our second episode since changing names and seems to me like we haven't lost too many people in the transition. So that's always a minor success. So it's a little bit later getting going. But Danny, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I got a new mic. You see my new mic? Very fancy. So for those of you who don't know, I no no seriously, I'm I know I know excited about it. I mean, like, uh, so I had a really really awesome uh, friend. Uh, he just basically listened to our podcast. He thought it was worth uh, you know upgrading my mics, so now he gave me a very expensive mic. So I now have like a full full professional like you know quality mic, and now my my voice is gonna sound extra beautiful. I'm excited about yeah. it. Steve. Well, there, there's definitely no yeah. reverberation and squeaking. Which I could hear before, so that's good. That's very good. Oh, and apparently he figured my you know seventy five dollar Amazon mic was good enough. It's it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. I'll give it that. I'm like, for, for this it, is a freaking five hundred dollar. Yeah, <laughs> mic, man. I know, I know. And that's just the microphone. Not even like all the other stuff he gave me. I'm like, I felt I feel I feel like an obligation now to be better. <laughs> to like, be better. Oh crap! Now I have to earn it. <laughs> now you have to earn it. Have exactly. Be now you have to earn it. But the same lame jokes anymore. Yeah, there's some people who just they'll never earn it. And some <laughs> of them are in the American government. So let's just jump right into oh. the first story because we got a lot of stuff to cover today. So Biden's yeah, vax rushing. mandate to be enforced by fining companies seventy thousand to seven hundred thousand dollars. What? So oh, President Joe Biden didn't just to... announce a COVID nineteen vaccine mandate on companies employing one hundred more people. He plans to enforce it, even though it is illegal. On Saturday which is, of course, a few days ago, Nancy Pelosi's House quietly tucked an enforcement mechanism into their $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill, passed it out of the Budget Committee, and sent it to the House floor. Buried on page one... Oh, it's so Trudeau. Buried on what page 168 of the House Democrats' 2,465-page mega bill is a tenfold increase in fines for employers that willfully, repeatedly, or even seriously violate a section of labor law that deals with hazards, death, or serious physical harm to their employees. The increased fine on employers... Oh, yeah, true dictator. ...could run as high as $70,000 for serious infractions and $700,000 for willful or repeated violations, almost three-quarters of a million dollars, for each fine, if enacted into law, vax enforcement could bankrupt non-compliant companies even more quickly than the $14,000 OSHA fine anticipated under Biden's announced mandate. The Biden administration... Hey, can, I, can, I, can I address this really quick? Just Go a little point there. This, this, uh, this reeks of the... Like, you know how like you know, the, the punishment should fit the crime? This is completely beyond that. This is just, we're going to create ludicrously high fines that they're not meant to be paid they're meant to make it impossible for you like basically they're meant to like uh bankrupt you completely forever that's what these are these are not fair fines these are absolutely over the th- they're, they're almost like you might as well say a trillion dollars because but with how much these companies can pay them that's the idea so mm-hmm. oh yeah seven hundred thousand dollars even microsoft if they had a hundred employees that they weren't mm-hmm. refusing to compel to get vaccinated. That's a lot of money. That's seventy million dollars. That's a lot of cheddar. Yes, it is. 
So, mm-hmm. but the Biden administration has already started implementing its vaccine mandate enforcement blueprint. OSHA set precedent this summer and published an emergency COVID-19 rule in the Federal Register. Early in September, of course, and we covered this earlier, he and Biden announced his 100 or more employee COVID vaccine mandate and tasked OSHA with drafting an enforcement rule. The legislative provision that passed the Budget Committee raises the OSHA fines for noncompliance. If the legislation is enacted, OSHA could levy draconian fines to enforce Biden's vaccine mandate, a move that could rapidly bankrupt non-compliant companies. It mandate affects employers collectively employing an estimated 80 million workers. And of course, it doesn't mention in this in this article. It does not mention in this article, but one something something that should be mentioned is that the Democrats in the House plan to stall government out and I forget what the exact term is, but it's essentially like, yeah, we're going to shut down the government. We're going to shut down all government services if you do not pass this budget bill. It's like this budget yeah, bill is, is insane. Because good luck getting it to the Senate. Like that's going to be a mm-hmm. huge <laughs> difficulty. But like this is why, uh, who was it? Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham during the, the Kavanaugh hearings way like, you know, way back in the day. He was actually outraged by how power hungry the Democrats were exposing themselves to be. And he basically says, like, boy, you all want power bad. I hope you never get it. They like he basically said like he was legitimately scared. Like people who want power this bad are not going to treat it well. And that's what you're getting. You're getting this like people accuse Trump of being like 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 a wannabe dictator. And it's like, holy crap, Biden. of all people acting, Bad. legitimately acting like a freaking like madman, like a like a dictator in the making. And it's um quite amazing actually. Um he is breaking pretty much every president that every previous president has done. Because like he's breaking all sorts of rules. The Democrats are pretty much a a a, a uh, government out of control. Yep, they are. Like completely out of control. Oh, it's it's absolutely obscene what they're trying to push through. Absolutely obscene. And the fact that they're basically like, oh, yeah, like, if you don't want your government services shut down, then you should push for this absolutely insane spending bill. And like $3.5 trillion is kind of like I was listening to Ben Shapiro today. And Ben Shapiro's like, yeah, like the actual cost of this will probably be more like $5 trillion. It's like mm-hmm. you are in the highest level of debt and deficit that your country has ever seen. You are in a massive labor shortage. You have a whole bunch of people that are refusing to work because your unemployment is paying them more than what they would make to work. And in the middle of this, you are going to be spending a whole whack ton more money on things that don't need to be done. Just like you did the previous time and the previous time before that spending more money, spending your way out of a crisis is not the way to end a crisis. Taxing your way out of a crisis, which is, of course, what's going to happen with this increased spending bill. Increasing taxes and trying to tax your way out of a crisis, like I think it was Winston Churchill said, is like trying to bail yourself out. And it's like standing in the bucket that you're trying to bail yourself out with. I think that was the metaphor. I'm not 100% certain on that, but it's absolutely ludicrous. You cannot tax a nation into into prosperity. Nope. And the thing the thing is like, you know, that um the like remember that thing that we read like years ago like or like last year 
that uh, whole supposed like leak from the liberal like you know like uh, meeting that they talked about the plan for the uh, the next couple of years mm-hmm. and all that. Like I I like the like one thing I've always wondered: how in the world can like the Canadian government, the American government, all these governments all over the world be spending so out of control? And like like do they like how do you, how do you do that? Like if I had a credit card. I'm like, eventually, like my spending gets out of control. It's it's basically a runaway train to to complete disaster. And I'm like, the like that actually gave, yeah, that gave an actual <laughs> legitimate like, okay, maybe there's so there maybe there's a plan behind this. Like you know, maybe the IMF is the International Monetary Fund is going to do something. I don't know, but it doesn't make sense when you really think about it. How can a government spend so crazily? Like these people, as much as we like to think that they're dumb and they're idiots and they're stupid, they're not. There is something going on. I, I don't know. Agenda. I don't know how it works, but there's something. There's some. There's some way out of this mess because the only way you spend this crazily is if you know that there's going to be some something kind of bailout later on. Yeah. So we don't know what it is, but yeah, we're not sure. Of these we mm-hmm. are not sure, but. Speaking of people who are not sure, let's talk about all these organizations, such as the Lancet, who are not sure what to call women. So, (laughs) this is according to the New York Post. Leading British medical journal ripped for calling women bodies with vaginas. Yeah, because that's sensible. Leading British medical (laughs) journal, the Lancet. uh, Negative. I am am a meat popsicle. (laughs) Mm. Meat bag. Fifth element. Meat bag. Isn't that what they called, like, them in like Star Trek. There was an episode of Star Trek where they called them like like sacks of like you know like meat or something like that. And they're like, well, technically we are like 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 eighty percent water or like ninety percent water. So I'm like, yeah, that kind they of might have. It might have been like an episode of like the original series, which I didn't watch much. I just reference mm-hmm. meat bags because there was an old cart. Well, it was not really. It's not old, but it's like from 2010, 2013, called Young Justice. And one of the enemies oh, yeah, that they yeah. come up against is this like robot, mm-hmm. and he calls all the humans meat bags. <laughs> and he says <laughs> in this works. really, really gruff voice, and he's like, "Come here, meat bags." <laughs> it's like okay. <laughs> but anyways, so we're not referring to meat bags. We're referring apparently to women as bodies with vaginas on its latest cover, sparking swift backlash and an apology from the weekly's top editor. The publication, amongst. The world's oldest and best-known general medical journals, well, maybe not anymore, was accused of sexism for the cover, which refers to an article titled Periods on Display, The Telegraph Reported. In a review of the exhibit about the history of menstruation, why would you do that? At the Vagina Museum... Why is this a thing? (laughs) The author writes women four times, but also uses the phrase bodies with vaginas once, according to the news outlet. The Lancet mentions the phrase on the cover. Historically, the anatomy and physiology of bodies with vaginas have been neglected, the journal says on the front page, which sparked a backlash and condemnation by some academics. The fact that it's just some academics is really stupid. It should be all academics because, duh. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you should not be calling women bodies with vaginas. This shouldn't need explaining because it's just like, okay, well, it's demeaning and degrading to women to refer them only yeah. by their organs. No, it's, it's, it's worse than that. Well, it's, it's that and it's worse. Like, it's, no, it's because like, okay, so people say like, what's the harm of indulging or like going along with a transgender ideology? Mm-hmm. And like the problem is that transgender ideology, the whole like 
theory behind it and all that. It requires you to ignore reality and uh, apply theory into the real world. This is why they, they, people often compare it to the emperor has no clothes. The whole idea is like you have to deny what like what's obvious from reality and you have to pretend that like the theory is is real life. So well, like it's really simple. They're, they want you to they, they, they're trying to convince people that, oh, by the way, this man is now a woman. He believes he's a woman. So now you have to call him a woman. You, and you, you can't just call him a woman. You have to believe that he's a woman. Uh-huh. You have to act like he's a woman and you have to like affirm that he's a woman. You basically have to lie. Yep. That's what this entire thing is. And this is a good example of how far this insanity goes. This is why our our entire society is under a mass delusion of like grand proportions where we all have to participate in a mass delusion that men can become women, women can become men. This is as ludicrous as believing that a person can become a horse if you put like a, a big tail, a big fluffy tail on their back and they like, you know, change their hands into like, you know, little, little hoofs and all that. I mean, that's a horrible physical transformation to do, but you know, it doesn't make them a horse any more than a man, um, you know, like going through some crazy cosmetic surgeries becomes a woman like not, and this should be obvious, but this is where this takes us. And, you know, just like they mentioned today, like in the, on the, on the ladder Crowder, they basically said like, well, there's, there's a reason why you put a, uh, transgender woman into um, into a into, into a, a prison, prison, but you don't put women in. You don't put transgender why... men into a men's prison. Well, because no one, no transgender man would want to go into a prison. But I mean, they're terrified. like, what? People are getting pregnant. How did this work? He was like, <laughs> like reality, reality completely clashes in that. And this yeah. is the problem. There is, there are no exceptions. Every sector of society has to play along. And these are the outcomes that you get when, you know, you can't even, you, you can't even like, even uh, like, you know, speak of reality anymore. This is how crazy this becomes. So yeah. And of yeah. course, unfortunately, it's not just the Lancet. Recently, just like a few, this just yesterday, the CDC issues urgent advisory calling on pregnant people to get COVID vaccine. So the CDC issued an urgent health advisory on Wednesday urging people who are pregnant or planning to become pregnant to get the COVID-19 vaccine. The CDC says it strongly recommends vaccination because of the benefits for a pregnant person and the fetus outweigh the risks. It added that pregnant people with COVID-19 are at increased risk of outcomes such as preterm birth, stillbirth, and the admission of a newborn into the ICU. They're also calling on health departments and health professionals to educate pregnant individuals on the safety and effectiveness of coronavirus vaccines. So by the numbers, 31% of pregnant people have been vaccinated against the virus. Yeah, pregnant women. Women. Say it with me, CDC. Like, how a major institution like you can get away with saying pregnant people instead of properly Mm -hmm. saying pregnant women? Because let's be honest. We're acknowledging, like, if you say you're following the science and you're telling people, oh, yes, you need to follow the science. You should take the vaccines. Yet in the very same sentence, you're not you're acknowledging or you're like saying openly that men can get pregnant because you're not isolating pregnancy only to men or only to women. Sorry. <laughs> Little slide of the tongue there because I've been so embroiled in all of this lately, but yeah, it's like, can men get pregnant? No, of course not. 
Anyone who has a kindergarten education can answer that question for you. My son can tell you, mommies get preg mommies make babies and daddies don't. <laughs> because daddy's never been pregnant, yeah. but mommy has. Yeah, there's a there's an entire thing like a, a a connecting thread, believe it or not, that goes through the entire thing. Um, if if you really go back to the Soviet Union, that the entire premise of the Soviet Union is that they expect that everyone doesn't just speak the lies but believes the lies. They can't say what's really true. They expect everyone to follow what the dictates are. So like everyone has to live and 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 repeat lies even though they know they're not true. This is a a a a common commonality in any Marxist kind of government, like from the fascist, like you know, like governments of the 1930s and 40s to the Soviet governments later on. Lies become a a way of demoralizing a population and getting them to comply with things. So right now, if you think about like like I don't I don't even call them leftists anymore in in the U.S. Canada, they're Marxists. Because they fit all of the all of the boxes of what a Marxist is, and what are they trying to do? They try to they want you to speak lies. They want you to lie about transgenders, uh, individuals. They want you to lie about abortion. That oh, that's not a baby. That's a fetus. It's a clump of cells. That those are all lies that people are now, you know, like repeating and 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 uh, propagating. And that this vaccine is uh, like you know like super safe and super effective, even though like. Like thousands of like doctors worldwide are raising the 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 alarm about these like incredibly damaging va vaccines. Speaking of which, go for it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Speaking <laughs> of which, let's talk about how YouTube is moving to block and remove all anti-vaccine quote mixin misinformation. Company has taken down a hundred and thirty thousand pieces of video with quote false info about vaccines. So mm -hmm. they're moving to seeking to remove all content that spreads misinformation about vaccines against COVID-19 and other illnesses such as measles, measles, hepatitis, and chickenpox. The Google-owned online video company said in a blog post on Wednesday that any content that falsely alleges that approved vaccines are dangerous and cause, cause chronic health effects will be removed. Mm -hmm. That's so much of our content. <laughs> basically, like, you know, this is the truth uh, ministry in yeah. like 1984. Only, uh -huh. only the government gets to decide what is true and what isn't, and they never, ever, ever have to justify it. Yeah. That's the big thing. They never have to justify it. So the quote is that this would include content that falsely says that approved vaccines cause autism, cancer, or infertility, and that substances in vaccines can track those who receive them. Since 2020, it says that it has taken down 130,000 videos for violating the company's COVID-19 vaccine policy and says that it is stepping up those efforts. Yeah, yeah. Quote, so right there, right there, like I, I need to point that out, is yep. that right there, they are conflating. They're conflating mm -hmm. completely different things. They're trying to conflate the modern, like, calls, again, like, you know, warnings about these vaccines with the defunct, like, you know, autism like, claims. They, said, they said, like, you know, oh, they cause autism. And I'm no. like, no, those are from, like, that's a completely different topic with different vaccine conversations and the modern ones have completely different topic with completely different evidence uh -huh. and so yep. they're trying to conflate them in people's minds same thing with the uh the idea that like you know like oh that they uh that 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 there are substances that track those who receive them like yes there are some people like that but that's not like most people mm. nowadays don't 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 repeat that because they don't there's no actual evidence to back that up yeah. but again this is all mental manipulation. This is all messaging. 
meant to make people believe like, oh, these are all the same. Yeah, like, they're not. Oh, yeah, it's it's a complete conflation. And it's it's exactly like anybody who's been trying to say it's like, oh, like we got rid of polio through vaccines and we got rid of smallpox through vaccines. Mm-hmm. It's all about trying yeah. to say anybody who opposes the COVID-19 vaccines, anybody who opposes like these new experimental injections are exactly like those who are fighting against having their kids vaccinated for measles, mumps, rubella, smallpox, polio, whatever. It's like, no, you talk to pretty much any of these people. Like you go to a freedom rally, you go to an anti-vaccine rally, like the one that we attended a few weeks ago. You ask them if they've been vaccinated against these things. You ask them if they vaccinated their kids against these things. 95% would be like, yeah, my kids are vaccinated against these things. And then they'll say, well, you know why? Because they're actually dangerous. Because those vaccines have gone through the proper trials. It took five to eight years to get them to market. It took a very long time, and they actually went through proper safety trials. It didn't just say, well, we're going to do animal trials and human trials at the same time. Which is exactly what's happening with the COVID-19 injection. Those ones did animal trials, and then when the animal trials finished, then they did human trials. And then when the long-term studies of human trials were done... And they analyzed a placebo group and the vaccine group, which doesn't really exist now because there's only the vaccine group. Then they said, okay, now we've reviewed this for a long period of time and we'll continue to review it for quite a bit longer just in case. But we've sufficiently reviewed this and we're going to release it to the general public. Whereas with this one, it's like, well, we have the case group and we don't really have a control group. But this looks good to make us money, so we're just going to release it to the general public. Yeah, and another thing about this is that, um, you know, like again, like, you know, this is why restrictions on free speech are so dangerous. Because the, the free speech would be protecting the populace from, like, they always say, like, oh, free speech is so dangerous. Look at the misinformation. But this is the opposite side of the coin. This is what happens when you don't have robust free speech protections is that the government can shut down anybody for any reason, anything that they deem to be misinformation, which is like it's just a catchword for anything that they don't like or they don't want to be told. This is what leads to a completely and totally dangerous like government tyranny over uh, over the populace. People people have a right to know like what are the what are the actual harms? What are the risks of these vaccines and they're not being told because this yeah. is all being suppressed, it's all being shut down and legitimate doctors that have legitimate concerns and legitimate scientific basis for like, you know, like opposing these vaccines are silence. And like case in point, like, like one of the this guys one. I, I, I know. Yeah. Like this one. Well, well, yeah. So this is like an Ontario doctor and you know, he's been, he's been accused of spreading COVID misinformation. I, I guarantee you that if you actually look at any of the information that he shares is legitimately scientifically backed and, yep. And not just like opinion. This is like based on a lot of things. But this is what happens when the government is given so much power, whether it's a government or social media or, you know, any any other authority is given the incredible power to completely censor doctors like this. So we, so go ahead. Yep. Stephen. Read up. So the doctor's college alleges that Dr. Patrick Phillips engaged in disgraceful, dishonorable or unprofessional conduct in his communications regarding the pandemic. And Someone we talked about we talked about Patrick Phillips a while back. We talked about him because he was saying, and this has been verified by some other reports from other people that I know, and from paramedics and ER nurses, 
and from that thing that we saw from the HHS, so like multiple sources mm-hmm. of confirmation, and he was saying that he cannot report a lot of the side effects and adverse reactions that he's seeing because the Canadian system has such a limited window within which to publish and post and officially report adverse effects. In Alberta, it's four mm-hmm. hours. In Ontario, it's one. And the fact that you cannot, you can't really report anything in that time. And so, of course, if you're only allowing that as the system by which you're reporting adverse effects, then you are going to miss out on the clear, probably 99% of vaccination adverse effects. Mm -hmm. Because you're simply not allowing them to report it. And then you're simply reporting them as a coincidence. And by no accident, Canadian people, like like people I, I meet all the time, have no idea how widespread these the, uh-huh. the impacts of these vaccines are because they can't hear about them because yeah. the media, the government, and everyone else is so aggressively shutting. Like there, there was a there was a story that came out last week that I remember uh, watching the video. This is a, a a woman in Halifax, her daughter's best friend. Suddenly, like she was forced, she was basically like coerced into getting the vaccine because they told her you're not going to be able to play, play soccer if you don't. And so she she got it, but very reluctantly. And as, and then later on, she she finds out that that girl suddenly has to be hospitalized because her heart stopped. Mm-hmm. Her freaking heart stopped. She's a 13 year old girl, and the and the, and the mother was just absolutely furious. Because she's like, have you heard of, does anybody like in Halifax know, or anybody in New Brunswick know anybody, or Nova Scotia, right? Anybody know anybody who's actually, any child, like in 13 years old, who's had like, you know, like COVID in a very like strong way? Like nobody. And yet here you have like a child getting like a heart, basically a heart stopping uh, complication. And what happened? Like not even like a day after she posted that on Facebook, it got removed. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. YouTube too. Uh, YouTube got removed too. This is how you control mean the narrative and heart. Yeah, you basically control the narrative. That story should be national news, mm-hmm. but instead it gets absolutely censored. They that woman is gaslit, and you know, like she's throw the, the the labels thrown on her that she's like, oh, you're encouraging vaccine uh, hesitancy. Oh yeah, you bet she is, and I support her. Yeah, like like a thirteen year old kid getting like a crazy reaction like that and why mm-hmm. because she was forced by unethical like you know authorities yeah you better believe we're uh we're calling we're calling bs on that oh yeah well and, and rightly the, so and the crazy thing is if this kid had died from covid that it would be national mm-hmm. news would be like oh look this 13 year old child like dies from covid be like well but this 13 year old child died because she had the vaccine this child mm-hmm. had like there was another report that I was watching where this lady was saying my daughter took the vaccine and she was like part of the volleyball team and all these things. And then now she is confined to a wheelchair and has to eat through a NG tube. Because she'll just mm-hmm. throw up everything that I feed her orally. And it's like this is what this vaccine did, but she's not officially reported as a vaccine adverse effect because the system wouldn't allow it. It's like that is utterly reprehensible that that is what's happening. And anybody that goes against it like this, like this doctor 
It's punished. Yep. So the college said Tuesday it imposed the interim restrictions on Dr. Patrick Phillips after he refused to cooperate with its investigation into allegations that he spread misinformation about the pandemic. Phillips is also prohibited from prescribing ivermectin. That is disgusting. An anti-parasitic mm -hmm. agent that the Health Canada says should not be used for treating COVID-19, as well as fluvoxamine and avastatin in connection with the virus, the regulator said. The college alleges that between August 2020 and this month, Phillips engaged in disgraceful, dishonorable, and unprofessional conduct in his communications regarding the pandemic, including on social media. It alleges that included making misleading, incorrect, or inflammatory statements on COVID-19 vaccines, treatments, and public health measures. It alleges that he is incompetent in relation to his communications regarding the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, this is why we, we, we've we said this before, why you, like the whole idea, ask your doctor, is fundamentally broken. And why you cannot trust that idea because every single doctor in Canada is told, if you don't go along with the lie, with the big lie, you will be punished. And here you have like a national smear campaign from the like Health Canada, from these like College of Physicians, and from news organizations trying to paint this guy as the the most dangerous person. And let's and let never mind that they themselves are responsible for thousands, if not like mm -hmm. like you know like more deaths than than like, imaginable. Yeah. So okay. finally, the last thing say? I'm going to talk about this article is that Phillips addressed the allegations and restrictions on Twitter. And this is a fantastic statement. Never, I've been, <laughs> never have I been more proud of myself than the day I decided to make to take a stand against our country's medical tyranny, providing patients with public access to treatments for COVID-19 and vaccine injuries and protecting them from medical coercion is not something I will regret. Hero! <laughs> Hero! I just, parade. Yeah, it's just like, no kidding. It's like, this guy is mm -hmm. great. But the organizations and the establishment and the groups that are trying to silence him are actively participating in a campaign that will cost many lives. We mm -hmm. will probably never know the true cost of what they're doing. Because they don't want us to know the true cost of what they're doing. And anytime somebody tries to call out what they're doing, this in, these individuals are attacked. Thankfully, it's mm -hmm. not just this doctor who's calling out all of this nonsense. Now, mm -hmm. this is an article and a letter yeah. to the president of the University of Guelph, and Danny's read through the whole thing, so he'll kind of give the rundown on it. Yeah, so uh, so basically, like, what you need to know about this letter. So this is the uh, letter by Dr. Uh, where's his name again? Dr. Uh, I think his name is Biram uh, Biram Young. Hold on a sec. Bottom of the, the very bottom. Biram W. Uh, Biram Bridal. W. Bridal, PhD. So Dr. Biram is uh, he's a he's a uh, PhD and his specialization is virology, but which is a sub subcategory of immunology. So he is a legitimate expert in vaccines, in vaccine production, and in uh, you know like in immunology and how uh, how immunity works um and the, the most important like I, I encourage you to read this this uh this uh pdf this this letter that he wrote to the university of Guelph. so what happened was uh dr uh Biram, um he has been railroaded by the university not only has he spoken you know like very like loudly along with two other other colleagues from the university against what they're doing but he himself has been barred from attending the university 
He's been told, you're unvaccinated, you are a dirty swine, you're not allowed on the on university campus. And yet he has been actively trying to communicate with the university nonstop since the pandemic began, trying to advise them, trying to give him information. Now, if you scroll down a little bit, Stephen, um, uh, so here, here, uh, if you look at the, the highlighted part, like the bold there, it says, I could not be in stronger, no, no, go up, go up, like where it's like bolded. Like right underneath. Oh, the, see right here. No, there you go. Okay. He says, uh, I could not be in stronger disagreement with forcing the current, current uh, COVID vaccines on everyone who is part of our campus community. So he basically goes and he just takes the university to task um, to in, in basically trying to insist that nothing that they're doing is based on scientific uh you know, like uh, it has a, a, a verifiable or valid scientific basis. And he's basically demonstrating to the, the university um, president, who's also a scholar, saying that, give me a freaking scientific defense for this. And don't just give me this nonsense talking points about how this is all like, you know, it's all scientific. So like in the first point right there, he says that uh, those with natural acquired immunity don't need to be vaccinated and are at greater risk of harm and vaccinated. He mm -hmm. basically goes through the entire thing. He himself, if you look at the second page, so go down to the second page, uh, right there he shows you this little uh, picture here. Um, it's a little complicated, but basically what he shows, he took a an official test to uh, check if he has like COVID-19 COVID, uh, immunity. And sure enough, he has all of the spectrum, the entire spectrum of immunity, and he is basically not only not only is he more protected than anyone with the vaccine, like he explained, because his protection is so wide and it actually provides immunity, but that anyone who comes to the school with a vaccine doesn't have immunity. They just have like protection, which yep. means that they're not only spreading it, they're also uh, super spreaders as he goes you know, through the whole thing to try to explain. And then like, you know, further down, he actually like talks about how testing for naturally acquired immunity is a viable option but it has been ignored. So like a little more. Yeah, right there. So he basically advocated for the school all spring said, we can, we can check for like natural immunity. And this is a viable option. This is a viable thing. This is not even that difficult to do. And it will actually help protect students because not only did he say that natural immunity is better than the vaccine and that's backed by science, but he also goes on to talk about how if you, if you actually have immunity, it is more dangerous for you to get a vaccine. And this has all also been backed up by like, you know, like a ton of the science that's been showing that that it's it's not only like better to have natural immunity, but that it's more it's more dangerous to have a vaccine afterwards. And he talks about the legal counsel, like he like he basically the school gave him a runaround. They basically told him that uh, oh like yeah yeah that's a great idea. We should definitely test natural immunity. Oh yeah, we should totally do that. And suddenly after the summer, everything suddenly magically changed, and they're all, all suddenly they're like oh no no uh, no 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 we can't test for uh, that. We need the vaccine. Vaccine is all, vaccine is everything. Yeah. And he basically talks about the incredible harms. That is that are being uh, done to um, to students by like you know forcing them to leave their their careers. He talks about how legitimate the actual um, dangers are of uh, you know like of um, the vaccine for like you know everyone from pregnant women pregnant um, you know like um, 
pregnancies and all that kind of stuff. And he talks about like criminal harassment. So if you go down to the Toronto Star, he basically shows how the Toronto Star story is an example. Uh, keep going down. Um, yeah, he, he, here's an example of completely and totally demonizing their entire pop, their entire student body. Their student body is literally being treated like second-class citizens, like villains. And he says, like, in a school that talks about inclusion and about safe spaces and about providing, you know, equal opportunities to learn, they are actually encouraging, like, crazy amounts of, uh, of harm to these, uh, to these students. Um, then he, at the very bottom, so underneath there, like, uh, underneath the Toronto Star story, he talks about like something that you guys should all read when you have a chance. Uh, a lack of safety data in pregnant female. We just talked about it. The mm-hmm. you know the the CDC saying that everyone who's pregnant should get the vac- the vaccine. What he points out is that that was based on a study, the first one there, like the New England Journal of Medicine, uh, that supposedly looked at the uh, the impact on preg- um, um, pe- uh, pregnant women and found that oh it's very little uh, you know like like, like harm. But then he said that no, there were so many people that spoke out and said that they made a mathematics blunder, okay. that they had to that they had to issue a retraction and an, a clarification later, and so basically he said that the the major rationale, so like underneath there, the major rationale for declaring COVID nineteen vaccines safe in pregnant females is gone, and he said how can anyone force a COVID-19 vaccine on a pregnant female when there are insufficient safety data available to justify it. Yep. Uh, Crowder, uh, Ben Shapiro, so many people have talked about this, that pregnancy is one of the most like fragile vulnerable. and difficult, vulnerable uh, conditions to be in. This is why you can't have a woman, pregnant woman ha- can't have sushi. She can't have certain kinds of food. She can't take certain alcohol. drugs. There's so alcohol. There's so many little things that are normally safe, but can really mess up a pregnancy. And you're telling us that pregnant women, like, oh yeah, you can take all these vaccines and it's perfectly fine, perfectly safe. These are reckless and irresponsible moves by universities. Mm -hmm. And they are putting people in harm's way and they're doing it on purpose. Um, And then he talks, the last point he talked, he goes into more about like, you know, yeah, like the... Uh, the vulnerable and they're they're afraid of retribution. But at the very bottom, he talks about a world where everyone is vaccinated looks nothing like normal. And he makes a brilliant point here, something that you should all think about. He says the University of Guelph at this moment, after this vaccine mandate, after purging all of the un you know filthy you know dirty dirty uh, vac- un- unvaccinated, now it's like entirely vaccinated people. It's almost mm-hmm. entirely like vaccinated. I think he said like 99% of the campus community that attends in person, it's now vaccinated. And guess what? Every single one of them has some of the most insane rules, like worse than 2020. Like they're, they're not allowed to like uh, sit down in like, you know, like for longer than like a, a certain time. They're like, you know, they're, yeah. So there, there's time limits, uh, you know, put on how long they could sit because they're they're so like oh you're stacking too long with their masks off. Uh, you're not allowed to loiter in stairwells or any open spaces in the buildings. You have to wear masks everywhere. Um, you have to like you know constantly uh, like the, the the restrictions put on on the students are insane. And it's like this whole world of like oh we've protected everyone because everyone's got the vaccine. And guess what? No, they're still treated like uh, like you know they're put put on insane lockdowns. Like, 
every promise that they're told that vaccination is the magic solution to everything is a lie. And people who are living through this nightmare are realizing firsthand, no, this is a lie. And they're lying to you about the, the, the supposed like effects of like, you know, vaccination in the, in, in the populace. So if you're a Canadian citizen, you're being told like, oh, if only we get to a certain magic number of va fully vaccinated, then everything will be great. Universities are proving that that's not true. Yep. Because universities are pretty much perfect little experiments where nobody unvaccinated can enter, nobody unvaccinated is on campus, and everyone is treated like, you know, secondly. So, again, so, like, I encourage you to read the letter. This doctor has received some of the most insane amount of, of uh, criticisms and attacks, and he constantly gets fact-checked. He talks about how fact-checks are complete garbage, written oftentimes by people with, like, like not a modicum of expertise like he has and how they appointed like these supposed panels that are like the advisory panels, but none of these panels are actually like experts to his caliber or to his colleagues caliber. They're just talking heads that are used to justify their, their things. And the, my favorite thing is at the bottom, he actually challenges the university presidents. He's like, I dare you. I freaking dare you to have an open debate with me and anybody else from my mm -hmm. colleagues and talk about the actual science behind this. And like, what do you think, Stephen? Do you think that the university president will do it? <laughs> <laughs> not a chance. I not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. The base, the, the big takeaway from all this is that none of this is scientific. None of this is even ethical. He basically like quotes how there's like a law that defines extortion and how what the schools are doing is, is tantamount to extortion. And they're uh -huh. going to be sued. And I hope that they pay heavily uh -huh. because that's the only thing that's going to stop them from doing oh, these yeah. like insane things. Yeah. It will be so, a good example. Well, of and a good example. Of, yeah. Mount Royal axes vaccine mandate for online student after legal pressure. So MRU students yeah. doing their studies online will no longer have to disclose their vaccination status. Well, unfortunately, they couldn't get it for in-person, but just online. So the Calgary University bowed to legal pressure after a student represented by the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms challenged the policy. On September 20th, they emailed an exclusively online student warning him that even though his classes aren't on campus, he had one day to upload proof of vaccination or face the risk he may be deregistered de from classes. The email said that if he declared it as unvaccinated, he would be sent information on how to participate with a rapid testing program. Other students who received similar emails also contacted the JCCF. Two days after receiving... how insane this is, Stephen. Mm -hmm. Oh, like, it is. How insane is this? It's like, oh, you're never going to show up in, in, in like in-person classes, but we still want you to take a rapid test. Yeah. What for? You're by this yourself. This is how ludicrous. This is how ludicrous... This whole idea is like, I, I literally wonder, how can anyone look at a university like this and think these, uh, these people are not lunatics? Yeah. Like, like none of this makes sense, but they're so. using force. Mm -hmm. So two days after receiving the ultimatum, the student notified by email that a hold had been placed on his online account. In order for MRU to comply with the public health orders issued by the province, you must submit your online COVID-19 vaccine declaration. All students, whether studying in person or online, must declare their vaccination status. 
On September 23rd, the JCCF sent a letter to MRU on behalf of the student warning that MRU's policy violated students' privacy, charter, and human rights. The letter threatened legal actions if MRU proceeded with deregistering online students. So, quote, the un- entirely unnecessary requirement for online students to disclose their vaccination is indicative of the irrational abuse of power public authorities are exercising in the current atmosphere of pandemonium. It is essential that people stand up and push back against these abuses of power, said JCCF lawyer Mary Moore. On September 27th, Mar- no, it's Mary Moore. No, it's, oh, no, it is it's Marty Moore, but it's... I know the, it's Marty okay. Moore. They, they misspelled it. Okay. So MRU emailed the student confirming that the student's access to his online MRU would be restored on September 29th, which was yesterday. The email did not mention MRU's prior vaccination requirement for online students. So finally, the intimidation and coercion being exercised by public institutions such as Mount Royal University to demand disclosure of personal medical information is unjustified and unacceptable, said Moore. Now, I think that doesn't go far enough. Like, no, in real... In reality, forcing college students, who are some of the safest groups of individuals, to get a vaccine to go to class is nonsense. I remember, like, even back at the original days of the pandemic, and they're like, oh my gosh, like, we can't open universities because that would just be so risky for these students. And even Ben Shapiro, who is like this crazy vaccine advocate, and that's one thing that I'm just like, Ben Shapiro, stop being an idiot about and stop pushing this nonsense. He was like, yeah, we should just like have a month period where we just have the students go back to school and in-person classes and encourage them to have parties and maybe give them a little money for extra for booze and have them spread it around the campus and then they'll be done. (laughs) And they can't leave the campus for that two weeks. And so you basically just pay for a group of them to be holed up on campus and then they're done. That's it. And then they have immunity and there's no more issues. And it's like, yeah, that's how you would do it. Because they're not an at-risk population. Because, guess what? Students who are under the age of 35, risk of death, I'd say, give or take an example, one in 80,000? Yep. And you throw in early treatments to that, that, Way lower. that number goes down to virtually zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that the problem, like, I agree with you, like, the, like, like Dr. Byram's uh, letter... Uh, open letter basically like made an incredibly strong um, basis for why it's absolutely unconscionable for any university to do enact these policies. But Mount Royal, this Mount Royal story, is basically a perfect example of a completely indefensible, com- like there's no defensible rationale for this policy yet they're doing it anyways it shows that universities are acting not in like the not in the 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 desire for public health but under a singular uh purpose our goal yeah our goal is to get everyone vaccinated that is our only that is our main goal that is our only goal and who cares how many people you have to like steamroll to get Mm -hmm. there yeah, this is this just exposes the the insanity behind it. Oh yeah, big time, right? Big time. But unfortunately, it doesn't just end at the universities. It doesn't just end at the colleges for the doctors. It doesn't just end at YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's becoming even more potent and stronger in Alberta. 
So this is just a couple hours ago. Premier Jason Kenney announced today the government is implementing proof of vaccination for all Alberta Public Service employees. Proof of vaccination will apply to approximately 25,000 Alberta Public Service employees, and they have until November 30th to submit proof of full vaccination. Those public service employees who are not vaccinated will have to submit rapid test result within 72 hours of each scheduled workday or shift on an ongoing basis or obtain an accommodation based on the Alberta Human Rights Act effective December 14th. These rapid tests will be required and paid for by employees. As for the release, employees who do not provide proof of vaccination by the required deadline will also be provided with additional education about the safety and efficacy of vaccines in addition to other testing requirements. The province will also implement the, the additional education will be like, you know, they they get strapped down to a chair, like their eyelids, like literally like, like, you know, held open by tape and shown a video of like vaccines are good. Vaccines are good. Like, yes, dude. Oh, I, I could, yeah. s- if they really wanted to make it punishing, it would just be the Stephen Colbert leg vaccine dance on repeat. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, oh, vaccines. Vaccines. Shut up! Vaccines. <laughs> vaccines. So terrifying See, and creepy. The, the, problem, the problem here is that, um, like they they said, like the that you can you can get an accommodation based on the Alberta Human Rights Act, right? Okay, if you look at the Ontario Human Rights uh, Commission, they basically said that, oh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's virtually no exceptions. Yeah, I talked about this They're on I talked about this on any- Tuesday. They're yeah. refusing to acknowledge accommodations for anybody who oh, claims to be exempt from the Ontario vaccination policy. And it's yeah. like, what happened to human rights tribunals to go against this stuff? What happened to... Well, it was, it's just like what happened to the ACLU down in the States. ACLU, 15, 20 years ago, they defended a neo-Nazi for their right to practice free speech. And they commonly use the phrase, as I said on Tuesday, I disagree with what you say, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say it. Mm -hmm. Be like, these people should be saying, well, I disagree with your choice, but I'll fight to the death for your right to do it. Instead, they're saying, well, we're just going to force you to do it. And we're going to accept the Canadian armed forces to fill up our ICUs well, to staff our ICUs because we know that at the end of at the end of October, is it the end of September or the end of October where they have to fire all the Alberta nurses and doctors? Oh, I think it's like somewhere yeah in October. I think it's like October thirty first that they have to be. So yeah, it's like at the end of October, we're likely going to be removing about probably I'd say a thousand nurses in in Alberta. And it's like, if you remove a thousand nurses, what are you going to replace them with? In New York, they're replacing them with the National the Guard. That's who you're replacing to replace unvaccinated nurses. And if you're replacing hey, unvaccinated hey, nurses with army personnel, then it's like, well, if we have vaccinated hospital staff and we have vaccinated army personnel, then we'll just bar the doors. And if you refuse, if you turn away, if you refuse your injection, then the military will escort you out and you can face whatever medical conditions you have on your own. Mm -hmm. Like this is moving to on a state. This is moving towards a disgusting level of tyranny. And like, we're already at a really scary level of tyranny and we're seeing what's happening on Australia and we know they already have camps set up. 
We know they already have caps set up. Oh, and they're getting ready. Oh, they're getting ready to do it here, too. That's It's super terrifying. It's super terrifying. The thing, too, is that... Yeah, the thing, the thing too, with all, with all this stuff is that something happened in the summer. I don't know what it was, but, like, you know, like, people talked about this uh, on different shows. Uh, like, something happened to Kenny. Like, he sounded like he was, like, you know, like, okay, we're not going to do the vaccine mandate. And then he comes back, and suddenly... <laughs> They're like full, like like one hundred percent on board with the vaccine mandate. The yeah. the doctor here who had the open letter, he said that he was talking to his university and they seemed reasonable all the way up to the summer, and then suddenly, even they were even ignoring legal advice about how like risky legally it would be to en- enforce these mandates, and suddenly. They all change course. They suddenly stop talking to him. They suddenly, it's like something happened. Yeah. And I don't know what's going on, but like, I, I don't know if there's maybe they're, they're being told, like they're being given crazy ultimatums or something, but the amount of people that are going along with this, it's insane. Yeah. So, but the crazy thing is at least one of the crazy things is that, if they're implementing all these policies and the policies are getting more and more drastic, you would expect that the rationale would be, oh my gosh, like we're seeing unprecedented unprecedented levels of death like we've never seen before in the province. The only problem is that's that's not even close to true. Like this is Alberta.ca. They said the active stats for deaths in the province going to scroll down right to the bottom. Like this is the current hospitalizations. Yes, the current hospitalizations are higher. Than what we've mm-hmm. seen in the past, they're still not like we were told a few like last year that we had 400 ICU beds. So I don't know why we're struggling when we have 267. And we debated somebody this week or I debated somebody this week about the like, oh, you know what? Um, you know, like AHS, they're probably they they're probably, probably telling well. The truth. They're, they're, they're telling the truth because they're lovely people and they would never lie to us. They would never make up these stories. They're fully trustworthy i'm like Uh holy crap i feel some sometimes i feel like i'm talking to people who are like like repeating like a robot like the Uh talking points like yes yes ahs is good they master they know best it's like whoa hold on a second buddy like you know what are you talking about yeah like let's look at the stats (laughs) right here like this is the covid19 attributed deaths like there was a massive spike around january from November to January, it's like, well, guess what? That's kind of flu season. And you didn't count any flu deaths. And you didn't count any flu cases in the province. So what do you know? There's going to be some. Because you attributed them all to COVID because of faulty PCR tests. And we've been over this over and over and over and over and over again. I don't want to go over it ever again. Because yep. anybody who still says the PCR tests work, you're deluded. Absolutely deluded. Yep. And let's look at the deaths. But look at like, like this is... This is right now, like the cap that we've seen. September 18th, we had, or no, we had September 24th, which was six days ago. We had 18 deaths in a province of 4.5 million. 18. We typically have, I think I looked it up, there's about 25 to 30,000 deaths in the province every year. And we had we've had twenty six hundred deaths from COVID so far. Yep. And that was over a period of almost two years. 
if you and that's that's barely a drop in the bucket. Like, yes, COVID-19 is a, it's a problem, but is it nearly as a, much of a problem as you're portraying? Is it this like ending phenomenon? I read an article the other day where they were saying that's like, oh, yes, doctors are handing out protocols for like deciding which patient lives and which patient dies. That's yep. nonsense. It's absolutely nonsense. Not only are we not near ICU capacity, but we aren't even close. Yeah, but like, like something interesting here, Stephen. Like, if you look at that graph, okay. So, like, obviously, like, if you look at the, uh, January, December, uh, no, right, right there where you are. So, no, I, I transitioned. Graph? So, I just okay. okay we're I getting used to the new transitions. Yeah. I figured out how to I do that today. So, yeah. we're so trying to when, when make Stephen it back. When Stephen gets back to the thing, I am. Um, the graph actually shows that in December, the the deaths are like much higher, right? December, January first, really, really high death rates, right? We're like, you know, like, you know, we're we're not we're not even like trending up anymore. We're trending down again. Yep. But if you go up, Stephen, go up to the hospitalizations. Uh, go up uh, up to the yeah, a little more right there. Okay, look at this. It's backwards. So you have January first. You have like. Like you know, like a like high hospitalizations and high ICUs, and then you have like uh, May. You also have like the ICUs at about the same level. Like the the mm -hmm. two peaks for the ICUs are pretty much the same. But yep. now we have the high. We have ICUs are higher, and we have hospitalizations are higher. Now, how do you account for this? Okay, deaths are lower, but hospitalizations are higher. Well, one thing is that people aren't dying because remember, Doctor Yu, the AHS uh, doctor in charge, she said that oh. Uh, the reason we're we're getting we're not getting overwhelmed from beds because people are dying like 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 people are dying that are replace and, and the, the nope. people are replacing the dead the dead ones. Nope, not according to this chart because you saw down there deaths are lower than they were in December, but hospitalizations are higher. So people are outliving this. Secondly, yeah, people are completely forgetting that this is a this is completely and totally the fault of our health authorities. Yep. If our hospitalizations are out of control, it's because A, they did not prepare like they promised they would. Like last year, Canada government said, oh, we, we're going to like increase ICU capacity like crazy. Guess what? They haven't. Secondly, one thing that they're not telling you, and it's amazing to me, every single time that the fluctuation of the ICU numbers goes up or down, guess what? The ICU capacity also go up, goes up with it. It's like magically these new beds are found yeah. that just magically keep it from getting overwhelmed. That's and then they the retroactively, and then as I talked about on Tuesday, they retroactively edit the numbers to make it look like they didn't change the figures in the first place. Yes. This is manipulation these, these and dishonesty on a level that Albertans have not seen in generations. That's incredible how much they're they're lying about all these things. And and really what, what, what it goes down to, they're giving you someone to blame. They're giving you someone to be angry at, someone to like, you know, but like if like we talked about, the unvaccinated have almost no almost nothing to do with what's going on. This is the government. The government has failed to prepare. They had a year and they did not prepare. The government had like the the um the medical system has been broken for years. The fact that only a, like a few uh, a, a slight influx in ICU beds is breaking the system. It's not a oh COVID is a problem. It's like no, the the system was oh, so delicate and fragile in the first place system. that we we pay the most of any 
um, province in Canada, we have some of the worst outcomes. Yep. We have this. This is a this is a fundamental problem with our healthcare system. And on top of that, finally, you're telling us that uh, hospitals are overwhelmed. That oh my goodness, the the healthcare system is about to collapse. And you're firing thousands nurses of nurses and doctors, ICU nurses, ICU doctors. That's how you deal with a massive crisis. Something is incredibly rotten when you're telling us, oh, the, the system's about to collapse, but we can somehow afford to lose thousands of ICU nurses. Yep. It just it Tell speaks it speaks it speaks it speaks. It speaks volumes. That's our new word. Speakles. It speaks volumes to the level of corruption, the level of ineptitude, and just the malicious in tent of our public health bureaucrats and our public health dictators just like Overlords. Fuhrer Hinshaw right here. Uh, Chairman Hinshaw. Hello, Chairman Hinshaw. <laughs> I will call her Fuhrer Hinshaw. That's... Right. Go for it. So Go Dr. Dina Hinshaw takes a vacation after claiming to be too busy for trial. Dr. Hinshaw is too busy to testify in defense of her health orders but not too busy to take a vacation during the day she was scheduled to testify in court. The JCCF challenged the constitutionality of her health orders with the litigation commencing in December 2020. The legal case has been delayed repeatedly by the Alberta government in the past 10 months. The government did not provide the course with the court with evidence to justify its charter violating lockdown measures until July of 2021. Hinshaw was scheduled to be cross-examined at trial on September 27th and 28th. Shortly before the trial was to commence, the government's lawyers claimed that Hinshaw was simply too busy managing the fourth wave to come to court. Lawyers for Alberta claimed on September 16th that due to the escalating crisis, Tinshaw and a second witness, AHS official Deb Gordon, could not testify because both needed to be available around the clock until further notice in order to protect the healthcare system. But the Justice how Center... Convenient. Mm -hmm, how convenient. But the Justice Center has now learned that upon the government's obtaining the adjournment, Hinshaw booked a three-day vacation, including the very day she was scheduled to testify in court. So since December, somehow, right? since last December, the government has asked for leniency and has been granted leniency by the court, resulting in extensive delays in production of evidence. The court gave the Alberta government until July 21, just a few months ago, to produce the evidence justifying the charter violating lockdowns, including the Hinshaw affidavit. The Justice Center requested dates to cross-examine Hinshaw under evidence. However, on September 26th, the first day of yet another 16th. declared 16th, sorry. Of yet another declared state of emergency due to COVID, the Alberta government told the court that she was too busy managing the crisis and could not be available. And the matter was therefore adjourned with no new court date set. Mm. So, and then, right. of course, tell later me again on. how this government isn't like corrupt in any way. Like, oh, yeah. You you really have to wonder. You really have to wonder. It's like, hmm. Um, so, you have a legal duty to justify. <laughs> Like even a court, even in accordance with the Canadian Charter of Human Rights, Section One, which is a terrible portion of the Canadian Charter of Human Rights, because it basically just grants governments a free ability, a free action, mm -hmm. as they see in D and D, mm -hmm. to take away human rights, and you don't have to Plus, just, and, uh, <laughs> and you're supposed to like, have to justify. Uh, we, need, uh, we need, we need Dr. Hinshaw to show up in court. Ah, she can't make it. She can't yeah, make she's it. Too busy. 
Well, what's she doing? Uh, she happened like, you know, pina colada standard, like, you know, like, uh, down in Acapulco. It's very important, you know, like, uh, she should be in court, like, you know, defending herself. Like, no, no, she can't make it. She's too busy. She's way too busy. She's too important. Like, oh, come on. She's too important. You know, it's like, like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Like, this is anybody who's followed this with any disgusting sort of levels regularity, of corruption. You know that, like, the, the courts gave the government, like, months before they had shown you evidence. And I'm like, that's already insane. You are making massive decisions that are impacting millions of people without, and you don't even have the evidence ready. And then suddenly like the summer comes and like, you know, okay, now we need, now, now you can show your evidence. It's like, Oh, can't, sorry. Like too busy. Like, uh, can't too busy managing this, this, this totally like invented, awful like, you know, crisis. Like, you know, wave. crisis is like too big. It's like, Get to the chopa. Like we can't do it. Sorry, we can't do it. Yeah, get to the chopa. Get to the courtroom. Yeah, get to the get to Capulco. Get to the Calpulco. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's it's despite all yeah. of the nonsense and all the ridiculous things that are happening in Alberta, one town, one town in the entirety of Alberta, which is shameful, and I want to, I wish it was my hometown, but it's not. Shame on you, Wainwright. Come on, get it right. <laughs> but it's Drayton yeah. Valley. And Drayton Valley. Got it right. So Alberta Town votes against vaccine passports for social and rec facilities. Town Council in Drayton Valley has voted to forgo the use of vaccine passports in social and recreational facilities. So the Town Council voted against enforcing vaccine passports as a requirement for entry into its social and recreational facilities. The City Council, with a population of 7,000, voted against imposing the province's vaccine passport program in these facilities, something that delighted a crowd of 100 people that gathered outside. Leighton Gray, the lawyer who was featured on Rebel News before with Fight the Fines campaign, submitted a request to Council on behalf of the Drayton Valley Thunder, a junior A hockey club of which he is part owner asking the town not enforce vaccine passports at the Omniplex, the rec center where the team plays its home games. Gray pointed to scientific data showing the overwhelming majority of Albertans are not at risk from COVID-19 and that asymptomatic spread, a major concern cited at the beginning of the pandemic, was very rare. He pointed out that those feeling ill should be encouraged to stay home and that a less intrusive measure like random temperature checks should be, could make more practical sense in dealing with any potential spread of COVID-19. The Board of Governors... Did you notice for- how that, that disappeared? Like, did you notice that, Stephen? Oh, yeah. Like, I actually thought, like, random te- temperature checks were a... Much they were more somewhat sensible. Effective. Yeah, that was a sensible, Well, because it was like, it was you know, like, it was the most oh, basic of all symptoms. Cuz like you can observe that somebody is you can observe if somebody is having a serious cough. You can observe if somebody is like experiencing severe symptoms that you would also be experiencing with COVID-19, but also another major one, a common one that you would be figuring and that you would be feeling would be a rise in temperature. Just like you would have a rise in temperature when your body fights off the flu. Yeah. There, there is, there's one linchpin lie. Like it's like the lie that holds every other lie together. If this one lie falls apart, everything falls apart. Like a thousand cards. It's asymptomatic spread. Yeah. That is the lie that is holding. You lose masks, you lose vaccines and you, you lose, lose everything. You lose mandatory testing. Yes. Everything it's, falls apart. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is why they, they, they refuse to even acknowledge that it's a thing. But go on. Yeah. 
So the Board of Governors for the Alberta Junior Hockey League had voted in favor of adopting the province's restrictions exemption program, though the enforcement would be left in the hands of the occupier of the league's various facilities, thus leaving the decision to in the hands of the town of Drayton Valley. Imposing a vaccine passport would have significantly impacted town residents, as they have amongst the lowest vaccination rates in Alberta, with just below 62% of those aged 12% 12 and up having received at least one dose. Yeah, good for for them. And that's, as I've been saying for so long, as we've talked to people and as they've been repeating, and as I said on Tuesday, and I've said a million times here on the show, this is how we get through it. Mass, peaceful, non-compliance. Because they can't say, well, we're going to overrule the town's ruling here. Why? It's like, is the province going to crack down on this town? It's like, I could see them doing it, but it's much different to crack down on an entire town than it is to crack down on an individual business. It's much more difficult to crack down on 20 businesses than it is on two. It's much more difficult to crack down on a thousand businesses that are each deciding to open their doors and refuse the vaccine exemption program than to crack down on one that is vocally opposing them like the whistle stop. This is why they, they, they attack those businesses so aggressively because they don't want this to become popular. I mean, like I remember way back last year, I think it's like during like the spring there was like a, a concerted effort to get all these businesses, all of them all together to sign up and to basically like do non-compliance all at once. But the government basically, obviously because this couldn't be secret. Yeah. They had to advertise to be that they were doing it. The government, yeah. And then the government basically, oh, it, it made a big stink about like shutting that down hard and threats of every kind oh, yeah. were thrown out and eventually it fizzled out. Like there's mm-hmm. a reason why this is difficult, but the, the 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 problem is that the government is pe- people think comply and you'll be fine, but they don't realize like the law that, that this is never going to stop. It's just a, a never ending like little by little by little by little by little yeah. kind of thing. Actually, like death by like a thousand Stephen cuts. And, um, yeah, I told Stephen and my friend like like there's a possibility. I've I've heard rumors that they might. Uh, do another like heavier introduce lockdown, more lockdowns like, introducing them tomorrow night yeah possibly so the third time this I mean, week yeah so like just remember if they like, do it's just this... like saturday protest saturday protest saturday protest <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing like like i know how this works this is a demor they're demoralizing the populace they're trying to get people like be like oh like just wanted to be done and the government is just absolutely lying through their teeth. Mm-hmm. And even when they slip up and they make mistakes like they've been doing, people still want to believe the best about the government. Like this is the thing that's like, like absolutely mind boggling. Yeah. Yeah. The government is not your friend. Mm-mm. And it's, yeah, speaking of that, it's talk yeah, about the Ontario. Uh, yeah. Arrest. Speaking of that. Oh my gosh. Like this is so brutal. So, mm-hmm. OPP, which is the Ontario Provincial Police, police arrest woman in front of crying children for not providing vaccination status to enter arena. Now, of course, we just talked about the one in Drayton Valley. We're like, yeah, we're not going to ask for you for your vaccination status to enter the arena. But in Ontario, everybody's going along with it. And Ontario, the resistance 
and compli- the resistance is much lower and the compliance is near absolute. I discovered that very quickly when I went to Ontario. The officer stated the woman was in violation of the Trespass to Property Act and that they came at the request of the facility manager. A video posted on Facebook, which we're going to watch in a second, shows two OPP officers arresting a woman in front of her crying children at a sports arena, allegedly for not providing her vaccination status. The video was posted by Joss Jossen, who is apparently the partner of Sarah, the woman in the video. This is, it's, it's brutal. So just like be warned before you watch this. It's just like, this is evil stuff. I'm talking to this lady right Remember here. Why are you asking her to leave? Okay. This is between her and us, not yourself. Why are you asking her to leave? No, stop. You can go over here. So you can you give us a ticket to identify yourself to us. Right now, we're trespassing the property because they asked you not to This is the public leave. facility that we paid for. They've asked you to leave. Do you have identification on you? Because you will be arrested under trespass the property at the request of the facility. You don't want to do this in front of your children, right? We are not trespassing. Yes, you are. Okay. Come on. Yeah. 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 Why are you arresting her? Why are you arresting her? You didn't say why she's under arrest. We are within our rights. Why did, why did you arrest her? I've already told you twice. It's not trespassing. We are within our rights. We've been asked by the facility manager. Back we are. Up. What's your name? My name is right here on my. And what's what, what, And what's your Badge what's your partner's name? Amodakincarden. Feel free to contact and find out the rules. Okay, I have. To... A mandate is not a lot. Don't push by. Excuse me. Oof. Oof. Yeah. 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 That's what's, Here's the that's thing what's happening in Ontario right now. That's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Those officers have literally no soul. Nope. Like, they have none. none. Like, I, I actually have asked this to officers in person. I'm like, 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 I, how, when did it, when did you, were you able to completely and totally turn off your heart. Yep. Like they see crying children and they're like, oh, we have a job to do. Sorry. We have to like, you know, we have to do this. Like yeah. no, no matter what, like, you know, we, we, we can turn our brains off. We can turn our hearts off and we're just like blindly doing our job, <laughs> no matter how horrible that job is. Like the idea yeah. that you can use that. Oh, trespassing that, that, that the whole idea has been abused so badly over the last two years that it's become almost like, the most ridiculously overused and abused thing ever. Like they don't see that they're acting like freaking like like the the police in like the segregation era. Yep. It's like oh, there's a black person in here. We told them that they had to leave. Like oh, we're we're gonna charge you for trespassing. Oh, like you know who cares about your crying children? Like you know yeah, you mm. you shouldn't be in here because you're a black person. You're a dirty, filthy black person, and you're not allowed to be in here. Yeah. Or like insert any any time in history where there's like two two levels of people. The well, like, 
the dirty, like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. un- the washed and the unclean. Like, yeah. This applies to Jews. This applies to the blacks. This applies to, um, like, you know, the, the, the Tutsis and like, you know, the Rwandan genocide, like you yeah. know, any, any kind of thing. Any These officers person. are literally the, like, like, I just, this is why I cannot, like, I just, I used to support the police so much and the police no. are now literally mindless drones. They are the, the they are the vessels people. of tyranny. Yeah. And like, I, I have not, I have yet to interact with any of these cops, which I suppose would be a good thing. Cause I'd have a like difficulty composing myself, but <laughs> like, I just want to ask, be like, what order won't you follow? Yeah. Like, are you going to, f- are you going to mandatorily inject kids? Cause like, that's probably coming. We know that they want to put in vaccine clinics into schools. And eventually there will be, Parents who are like, yeah, you're not inject like you will inject my kids over my dead body. It'd be like, at what level, what extent will you go to make sure that everybody complies with this tyranny? Yeah, I I, I like to ask the officers. I'm like, so by the way, if 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 your uh, police chief go tells you like, oh yeah, you meet an unvaccinated person, you beat them with clubs. You like, shoot would them. you do that? Or like, oh, if you if, if they told you to shoot them, would you shoot them in the head? Like, there literally is a line. Mm-hmm. Like, clearly, like, I, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but like, I imagine like most officers would be like, oh, there's a line for me. I'm like, yeah, I'd like to know what that line is because yeah. you are dancing you so are... far down the road to tyranny that you are basically <laughs> becoming like, like almost indistinguishable from like a Soviet KGB, <laughs> like, you know, like officer. What did I say? I, no, no, I'm... I, Reference, okay, anybody who's watched How I Met Your Mother? And they have the hot crazy scale. And it'd be like, (laughs) this is known as like the line, which is, I think they called it like the Vicky Mendoza diagonal. Be like, she played hopscotch with that line. She got a boob job and then she lost (laughs) 10 pounds. (laughs) No, no, no. It's like, you know, she stabbed me with a knife and then she got a boob job. And then she like, you know, she like yep. stole, like ran me over with a car, but then she lost 10 pounds. Yeah, like she, was all <laughs> she played hopscotch <laughs> with that line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I feel like the cops are going that way. It's oh, like, yeah. It's, it's like the police on, in this, uh, like just, just for a cautionary tale, like the Australian police are literally, oh, like they cannot just... be distinguished between KGB um Gestapo, Gestapo and, like, and the know, Australian police. No, there is no like, distinguishing only, features. No, the only distinction is that they're not c- killing people in the streets. That's pretty okay. much it. But they are They'll not get far there. from that. They're getting there. Yeah. Like they're beating people who participate in a peaceful protest. They will try and uh, run seven. them down, spray them with pepper spray, and hit them with clubs when they're on the ground. Yeah. 70 year old woman, like knock her over, spray her yeah. face with like, you know, like like if I if like, I had no, an interaction with these cops, I would want to have a video of the Australian cops and be like, "Are you? Would you comply with this order yet?" It's like, "Are you at this point yet? Would you comply with that?" Yeah. And like so many of these cops, so many of the ones that go along with all these orders, I would not be surprised for one second if they would do that. But thankfully, yeah. there's thankfully, a, there... and I'm just stopping you because we've gone on for a long time and we yeah. need to get press forward, okay. but. Thankfully, there is more and more countries, more and more nations, which are resisting, which are stopping, 
going along with this nonsense. So Norway adds to the list. Sweden was the first. Sweden has always been, oh, even though I don't like Sweden as a nation usually because they had really bad policies about a decade ago, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Norway health experts downgrade threat of COVID-19, express greater concern for an upcoming flu season. From the onset Mm -hmm. of the pandemic, Norway classified COVID-19 as a generally dangerous disease. However, the assistant director of the Institute of Public Health, Geir Bukholm, said it could soon change. Bukholm said the NIPH classifies COVID-19 in the same category as illnesses such as the flu, common colds, and the respiratory syncytial virus. According to the local, this is because the vast majority of those at risk are protected. We are now in a new phase where we must look at the coronavirus as one of several respiratory diseases with seasonal variation. Thank you. Mm-hmm. In mid-September, the Ministry of Health and Social Care asked the NIPH to assess whether COVID-19 remained dangerous. While they haven't returned their findings yet, its assistant director confirmed they would be downgrading the danger posed by the respiratory disease. Although the infection is still circulating, hospital numbers remain low. Thus, the coronavirus will not lead to heavily heavy burden on the health service. Adding that those who become infected and develop symptoms but are vaccinated will, in most cases, have mild cold-like symptoms will. Not generally true, but at least they're sort of getting their public health policy right. He warned the pandemic was far from over. Nobody in the right mind is saying that this pandemic is over. Actually, the only person I know that's saying that this pandemic is over, and they are an absolute fool for saying this, is Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro was saying that this pandemic is over. No, this is a seasonal variation. This is a seasonal virus that happens in waves. It's going to be like that. It's going to always be like that. And the vaccination or the experiments and the injection that that you've been taking, that you've been begging people to take, Mr. Shapiro, Mm-hmm. is not going to help people in the long run, and it is very likely going to harm far more people than it could ever save. Well, look, here, quick question for you, Stephen. Mm-hmm. So do you think that this pandemic, that this is still a pandemic based on the original definition, not the new one that they created? No, it's an endemic. It's Because it's, they changed the definition of what yeah. a pandemic is. To cases, not deaths. Mm-hmm. And they can create as many cases as they want and so with 40 levels, with cycle and, threshold yeah. level of 40, which is still, like Steven Crowder was talking about this morning, that's still what they're using as the cycle threshold that they're using to test people in a lot of states down in the US. Yeah. And it's, I think we're using, I think we're still using 38 here in Alberta. Mm-hmm. They don't often say yeah, what their cycle lies. threshold level is. They're not. They're not. They're not declaring it. No, they're just. They used to. Not, like uh, the Justice Justice Center podcast. Well, they 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 didn't declare it. They just kind of like slipped up and mentioned yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, you know, but they they tried not to do it. Um, mm-hmm. There was um, uh, the podcast with um, uh, Dr. Corey and uh, Brett Weinstein yeah. on uh, Joe Rogan. They talked about like ivermectin, and they basically said that if the entire world started like uh, doing the early treatment protocols with ivermectin and all these other things, the pandemic would be over in a week. Yeah. I remember I told somebody that and people, they were like, what? And I'm like, yes, this could be over overnight. Cause you can, we already you can, have the tools. You can make ma- you can produce massive qual- quantities of Ivermectin, you can make massive quantities of hydroxychloroquine for those who are pregnant, and ivermectin is not the safest for. And you can you can produce a decent amount of quantities of monoclonal antibodies. 
and all sorts of other like early oh, yeah. treatment protocols that are like proven. there are things oh yeah like, like matcha tea they're, they're yeah. matcha yeah. tea helps matcha tea and zinc if you have early mm-hmm. symptoms you take matcha tea and zinc and you will be okay yep that's even, how it there's works there's even like a there's even the product that my my mom actually sells this product it's uh it, it raises something called glu- uh, glutathione mm-hmm. in your system and it actually helps prevent like serious outcomes like there's so many treatments so much out things there. you can do and a healthy if, like if, if they actually honest. wanted to get through with this disease then they would say like we we're not in if they're going to mandate anything it's like yeah we mandate that you go out and exercise because that's a healthy lifestyle is the easiest way to get through COVID. A healthy, yeah. active lifestyle where people are exercising and keeping healthy. But that's not what they're doing. They're like, well, you should stay home and you should order in from fast food. Yeah. So you can get fatter. Like- so you can get unhealthier. So that you can rely more on your public health, quote, experts. And they will tell you to continue the lifestyle that you're living because, oh, it's... It's not healthy to go to the gym. It's not healthy to work out because then you could catch the virus. And the virus is oh so much more dangerous than mm-hmm. taking proven medication, taking using proven yeah, it's, it's, safe therapeutics. It's amazing to me. Like when I found out that like we could literally end the pandemic in like in no time at all, like I was so furious because I was like, oh, I've been furious for months telling people. Like they, 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 and why I found this out like, like, you know, so long ago, but like, I mean, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this could be over. And people oh, yeah. believe that there's no way out of this and they want to keep this going. They're, they're trying to perpetuate it. It's like the, 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 the pandemic that never ends. Yep. And like the worst part is that these, these vaccines are weakening people's immune systems. Yep. They're actually making people Sicker. more likely to get sick. They're, they're, they're eliminating their CD8 uh, killer T cells, which are increasing, uh, are increasing uh, cancers and also through other infections. Like it's, yep. it's crazy. Absolutely insane. And people don't know because there's such an aggressive uh, like suppression campaign by yep. social media, by government and uh-huh. by all these health authorities. Absolutely. It's incredible. It's, it's absolutely incredible. What it doing, is. So. All right, but that's probably going to be the end of today's episode. So, if you followed us to this point, thank you very much for watching. Thank you for listening. Okay. If you're on Why our podcast, you surprised, dude. Come on, I'm, we're, we're I'm not awesome. surprised. I'm thanking yeah. people. I'm expressing gratitude <laughs> like, to our listeners. Except like, instead of being entitled, because we do not deserve, <laughs> we are not entitled to listeners. We earn the listeners because we have good content. Yeah. yeah. Well, like I'm the millennial yeah, here. Say, like, thank you for listening this far. It's like, well, if they're listening. They're still listening. So, yeah, thank you for for stay. You know, like for thank you for sticking with us. Yep. There so. you go. All right. If you are <laughs> following us on our various platforms, please do not hesitate. As it says up above, follow us on BitChute, YouTube, and Rumble. I've been trying to upload some videos to YouTube, but oh my gosh, it's so difficult. I think it's like I made six now. segments on Tuesday and two of them like were like, yeah, this is probably safe for YouTube, but the rest, no, I can't yeah, talk about the Arizona so election money. recount. I can't talk about vaccines. Nope. <laughs> of course nope, I can't. Definitely, definitely not about that. Nope. Not about that. So and don't forget if you have a chance, um, 
all all of our links, all of our like you know connections and everything else are on the website at theshrewdudes.com. Yes, everything everything we post is on there, so you'll find all of our links yeah. very easily. We are, I think, we're pretty much pretty much done transitioning everything over to being called the Shrewd Dudes Podcast. If you find something that's still called the Half Blind Hecklers, let me know, and I'll work at transitioning it. I think, I'm not sure if you've changed the Spotify account because I I still use that. I changed the Anchor account. Because I don't actually have a Spotify account. I have the Anchor account, and then Anchor changes everything from there. So okay. we'll see what happens. I might have to contact Anchor and be like, hey, we changed our name. Can you, like, change this oh, stuff no, now? Oh, no, it's updated. Okay, great. It. Okay, great. That's fantastic. So this has been really fun. And mm-hmm. Danny, you want to yep. say, you want to give the catchphrase? The the motto uh, yeah at the shrewd dudes we always remind you why be rude when you can be shrewd oh yeah all right oh, everybody have yeah. a great night have a great weekend and as always god bless <laughs>